Well, Middle, I got to say, I haven't preached in some time, uh, and it's not that I'm necessarily nervous, but I have been here in Paris standing in front of my closet for a really, really, really long time, singing Whitney Houston's So Emotional, trying to figure out what in the world to wear. There's a black cassock behind me. I could have wore a tie, but I, I settled on this because it's soft, and I hope that's okay. I wore this shirt recently when I visited Rome back in July, and I saw the work of an anonymous street artist. The tour guide brought their vandalism to my attention when we entered the arena. Look at this graffiti, he said, and pointed down at a doodle, a battle scene carved into the Roman Colosseum, a gladiator held a sword that looked more like a slingshot and stood next to a Roman soldier and a creature, maybe a flamingo. Apparently, according to the doodle, once upon a time in Rome, a real crowd watched a real Roman soldier fight a real gladiator, fight with a real Goliath-sized wonder of the world. And the guide said, we know the fighter by their weapon and traced the shape in the air with his finger. All roads lead to Rome, so they say, and they lead us here to Paul. We can say many things about the end of Paul's letter to that minority community in and around Ephesus. Paul has just ran off his infamous domestic codes, master slave ridden bits. And as Reverend Amanda reminded us last week, strung together language used in a long history of anti-Judaic readings. But Paul at the very, very end is not pretending, can't help it. Pray for me, y'all, he says, I am in chains. Paul in prison under Roman surveillance, possibly handcuffed to a Roman guard. Don't forget that. Ends his letter by doodling what he sees, the whole arena. And as he speaks in the same battle rhetoric he used at the beginning of his letter, when he first heralded the resurrection as a cosmic victory, he constructs a suit of hard armor made out of the image of that which he's bound to, the, the Roman soldier and God, the divine warrior mentioned in those Isaiah and Psalm scrolls. And I can hear it. I can hear in Paul someone trying to encourage folks to stand and to stand together and to be a community of resistance, okay, and someone consciously or subconsciously, intentionally or unintentionally, who can't help but talk about their chains, uh, unable to forget how vulnerable they are. Uh, Paul saying that our struggle is not against flesh and blood and Paul unable to pretend his flesh and blood aren't bound up in that struggle. Yes, the chains that bind him are made of iron, but not by iron alone. They belong to 
an invisible, invisible arena uh, made out of spiritual and material columns, if you will run by rulers and authorities and powers and principalities that grow in our world like, like tendrils. Arenas with powers and principalities that show themselves not in abstraction, but through things, like real things. What Myra Rivera says in Poetics of the Flesh as mechanisms in which societies promote the flourishing of some bodies and stifle that of others distributing life and death. The, the, the whole arena kaleidoscopically appearing and hiding through things like museums and banks, schools and prisons, churches and governments, words and symbols and an arena built in a circular shape that helps it stand and stand firm and withstand the test of time, an arena we can trace in the air with our finger. And, and we've, we've been tracing it, have we? We've been, we've been tracing it for the past week, from New York to, to Paris, from Afghanistan to Poland from Haiti to Japan to Mexico, all roads seem to lead to Rome. And they always seem to lead us back into the arena. Church, where were you when you entered the Colosseum? Beloved, what did you doodle when you watched what happened? When you dragged your finger across Earth's body, and you felt Earth's belt loosening. When you felt Earth's shoes running. When you felt Earth's shield breaking. When you felt Earth's helmet falling. When you watched Earth get squeezed by, by tendrils and you, and you dragged your finger across in the air. Yes, was that, was that power that we felt? And you felt a Bible belt, and, and, you, and you felt an unmasked helmet, and you felt a, a lithium shield, and you listened to earth cry out like a red panda. Pray for me, y'all. I am in chains. And you saw it, and you felt it, oh, you felt it evil wearing the whole armor we keep giving it. Evil appropriating truth and justice and peace and faith and adapting them into colonial cosplay for an imperial agenda. Evil revealing that our struggle is not against flesh and blood alone, but also symbols and rhetoric and metaphors that can come to life and are capable of building and destroying whole worlds and whole peoples and, and can make it a struggle to remain soft in a world slowly trying to chain and harden our hearts. As Cole Arthur Riley put it, struggling to protect the parts of us that still wince at pain. Yes, church, where were you when you stood in front of your own closet feeling vulnerable, struggling what and how 
trying to figure out what to dress and how to dress like God so you can protect your heart and mind and soul when it feels like evil seems to dress like God too. Me, I've been here in Paris, standing in front of my closet, singing Whitney Houston so emotional, trying to figure out what in the world I can wear anymore, doodling this sermon, which is really more like a prayer and an offering for you to try on for size. Beloved, maybe all roads don't have to lead to Rome. And beloved, maybe they don't have to lead to the arena. And maybe we don't have to be known by our weapons, nor our armor, nor our chains. That, that maybe we can sit with Paul and the Roman guard bound to each other in prison and pray with them saying we don't have to limit our futures by dressing them up like Rome. And we, we can be bound to each other by something other than our chains, something other and beyond the arena, something that's vulnerable to revolutionary love. That, that, that maybe today Paul helps us to remember our struggle against powers and principalities is also, as Dr. Emily Towns says in Womanist Ethics and a Cultural Production of Evil, to recognize from the onset that the story can be told another way. And when dealing with evil, that it is not time to dumb down or take cover. Beloved, maybe today, this is the truth that holds everything together. We can graffiti new stories into the stone and together. Me, I've been here in Paris trying not to take cover, standing in front of my closet, singing Whitney Houston so emotional, doodling and imagining us rising up and wearing the rainbow spirit of that kid shepherd named David, who, if you remember back then, as a pre-king teen, when asked to enter the arena and face Goliath, refused to wear Saul's armor, saying, I cannot go out in this. Liberation is not tacky. Imagining us standing firm and strong, wearing something soft, soft to one another, soft with ourselves, soft with the earth, vulnerable to beauty and change, holding smooth stones we use to graffiti new stories into the arena. And that may be in the end, church, when the world traces its finger across the stories we tell, They'll touch a story of a people making a beaten path over places once covered by tendrils, where apparently, and according to our doodles, once upon a time in New York, a real community prayed in the spirit, prayed on all occasions, prayed in every way, and rose up and walked out, out of the arena singing with Whitney. Ain't it shocking? what love can do. And may it be so, and amen.